Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Revelations chapter 3. Verse 20, you see, whether it be in trials, in persecutions, in desperations, in the complexity of the scriptures, in the impossibility of his promises, in the desire to see a loved one saved, everything in a believer's life is designed to drive them to prayer because that above all, God wants to sup or visit with us. Martha labored, and the scripture doesn't say that God was displeased, but what it does say is that Mary visited with him as she sat at his feet, and that when Martha complained about this, Jesus' reply to her was that Mary did what was needed. This is such a powerful revelation that Jesus would say that he needs us to visit with him far more than he needs our service to him. When the woman at the well asked Jesus if people should worship in the temple or in the mountain, he replied that the time had come for people to worship God in spirit and in truth wherever they are, because God seeks such to worship him. My friend, don't get lost in the repetition of the words on the paper because that you've heard them repeated through many a sermon. Comprehend what is happening. Jesus said that God seeks for these kinds of people. He is looking for them. That must mean that they are not a common occurrence. And God earnestly desires the company of those who are willing to pour out worship from both their spirit and their lives, wherever they are. Those who will have true, loving, unabandoned communion with him. Those who are willing to put aside all of the busyness and the labors and the works of men and their ambitions and their plans, even if it comes with good intentions, and visit with him. Because in the end, he's the only one who can really bring the increase and the harvest. Even in the very act of communion, we are reminded to remember to commune with him, to set aside time to spend with him, not just hearing about him, but hearing from him. He wants us to remember that he is real, he is alive, and he is present to anyone who will open up the door and let him come in and visit with them. He will listen to you, but more importantly, he will speak to you for this is the key to overcoming power and strength and victory. 
Even Jesus had to get away often to pray, to commune with the Father. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, did he had to spend time being strengthened before he could walk out his destiny. After all, my friend, if you come to truly and personally know God's voice, not just his words, but his voice, then another you will not follow. Not the voice of confusion or discouragement or fear or torment. And how else will you get to know the sound of his voice but except that you come to visit with him? My friend, it truly is a relationship. The altar at salvation is simply the first date. That's just where it begins. The disciples who walked with Jesus for three years never asked him to teach them how to preach, how to teach, how to prophesy, how to do miracles, how to evangelize. They asked him only to teach them how to pray because they knew that out of prayer would everything else flow. Because my friend, I assure you of this, that if your preach isn't birthed in the personal communion of prayer, then it's not from God. If your teaching, prophesying, works, miracles, ministry, or understanding of the scripture isn't birthed in personal communion with God through prayer, then I'm sorry, but it's not from God. James chapter 3 verse 15 tells us that this wisdom that we claim to be getting from any other source than from communion and fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. It descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. There is always a counterfeit. There's always a false wisdom that only brings more confusion. While God's truth brings deliverance. Jesus came, suffered, and died that the veil would be torn. And we would all be able to come boldly before his throne by faith to receive the grace or power to overcome all of the lies of Satan. Yet Jesus himself said that this life-changing, fruit-bearing grace will only flow in the abiding. So choose today to open the door. Invite the Holy Spirit in. Sit and sup with him. Commune. Abide. Wait on the Lord to speak. Learn to hear his voice and he will renew your strength daily. He will teach you and show you things to come. The things that you need to know before you need to know them. He will show you things to come. He will reveal to you a way around every snare, plot, plan, and trap of the enemy. He will bring you into overcoming power. My friend, there is a way that he has made out of every temptation, but you got to seek him for it. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those who come to him must come to him believing that he truly is God. And that if we believe that he's God with all the attributes of God, then we will seek him. Because the scripture says that they truly believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. My friend, give him all of your heart. The word says that we will search for him and we will find him when we search with all of our heart. He's not coming to a half-hearted search. He won't share his glory with another if your heart's divided. You're not worthy of him.
So choose today to open the door, invite his Holy Spirit in, sit and sup with him, commune, abide, wait on the Lord to speak, learn to hear his voice, and he will renew your strength daily. Learn to trust it, learn to obey it, but above all else, learn to love it, to desire it as the deer pants after the waters of the brook in the midst of a hot and dry and desperate wilderness. He has made all that we need available to us, but it will only come by way of relationship, not simply service. Remember this, my friend, that Religion knelt Jesus to the cross and went home, while relationship cried at his tomb until he showed up and wiped those tears away. Which one would you rather be counted among on the judgment day? You see, it was Mary that was waiting in the tomb. Mary is the embodiment of relationship with Jesus beginning of this message, we mentioned how she sat at his feet, though she was rebuked by Martha for it. Martha was so busy, but Mary was willing to sit and listen and visit and learn and grow, and it was in this that she was strengthened for the moment of crisis that was coming. Because you see, Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha. And when we read the story of Lazarus, Jesus shows up. Lazarus is dead. Martha is hysterical. But Mary handles it with quietness and strength of character. Where did she get it from? It was stored up from her time spent sitting at the feet of Jesus. Getting his word, loving him, building her trust in who he really is to us, our King, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, and our friend. Mary had a relationship. Mary trusted him. Her faith was in his words and his strength and his direction, not in her own works or busyness, so that when the moment of crisis arised, Martha, who was so used to knowing what to do, panicked. She began to blame and accuse Jesus for not coming through, but not Mary. Oh Lord, let us take the time while we have it to sit at your feet and have that kind of relationship. The one that will not leave your presence, even when all seems lost and hopeless. To be as Mary, even at the tomb, when it looks like the promise has died, sitting there at your feet, weeping and waiting and praying, and for it, being the first one to experience the power of your resurrection. The moment that she saw him manifested, everything in her changed. Then was she sent with the message and the power of the kingdom of heaven to endorse it. 
So my friend, be like Mary and be patient. Work on building your relationship. And don't let the Marthas push you in too much busyness before the Lord has instructed it. And even when that time comes, when the Lord does bid thee go, make sure that you daily set aside that time to come back and abide so that your faith, your grace, your revelation, and your love continues to grow. Lord, we thank you that you're not satisfied with mere servants or laborers, but that you want relationship, that you desire fellowship above all else. Lord, we thank you that you loved us enough that you wouldn't leave us disconnected and that even when you are despised and rejected in your love and mercy and patience, do judgments and corrections come that in brokenness you might step back and let us be sifted so that we can see that those other things, those other lovers will only leave us broken and empty. And then there you are still standing. Oh Lord, we don't deserve your great love for us, but we are so grateful for it that you were willing to endure for us. Father, we thank you that you were willing to give your son to be the propitiation of our sins. We are so unworthy of it. And Lord, we thank you that you chose us to be your bride. We didn't come to you. You came to us. You came down from heaven. You left all the glory of it to be born in a barn in humility and lowliness that you might redeem us from the curse of sin and death, that you might bring us into your eternal kingdom, give us a robe and a ring and your righteousness, that you would take our punishment. Oh, you are more than worthy of our devotion, our love, our adoration. Oh Lord, let us remember this when we spend time in your presence that we might worship you in the beauty of your holiness, that you're not like all these other things that we have devoted ourselves to in the past. What you do will last The word says that he loves us with an everlasting love. He is faithful to us. So we thank you today, Lord, that with you, we have a safe, strong, loving, and lasting relationship. Let us not take it for granted. Let us not take you for granted. Let us set aside that time for fellowship and worship and to just sit at the feet of Jesus and listen because he wants to talk with us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to lend us his wisdom and his graces. Because you see, the beautiful thing about a relationship is that we're not expected to walk this thing out alone. When something is too heavy for us to bear, we can call our spiritual husband and he will come and help us. He will lend us his strength. The two become one and we get rewarded for what he has done. We inherit his father's kingdom. All of these things 
that are so amazing that our carnal minds cannot comprehend them, but above all of them to know that we are not alone, that we are loved, and that he will never abandon us because we're more than employees or slaves or servants. We are his beloved. And he is a good husband. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.